Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I dig it. <laughs> Go ahead. What are you saying? What are you saying? No, no. So, sorry, guys. That thing only let us record one hour, so I guess we're going to do this in a couple segments. So we're on to part two right now. Yeah. <clears throat> So anyway, I don't even remember what we left off. After. Yeah, um, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, you were just talking about how like some people don't don't like hugs. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, you are one of those guys who likes to hug people. Yeah, likes to yeah. love on people. Yep. Yeah. And you're just friendly right from the get go, which yeah. is which is cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, not and not everybody likes that. So yeah, adjust. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's sometimes where. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I just gotta figure this whole thing out. Yeah, so yeah, some people don't like it, you know, and I've just, you know, I've, I've gotten to a point where I realized that uh, I can use this. Yeah, I, I got to a point where I realized that, you know, I can, I can, I'm comfortable with that, you know, where, yeah, I, I, I know there's people that don't like hugs. I, I remember um, this one when I when I worked at Kettle, this, uh, you know, the lead, the one of the QA leads. Um, from first shift, uh, she didn't like to be touched, you know, and I remember one time, you know, giving her a hug for whatever reason, or no, not even giving her a hug. I remember like, you know, we were kind of getting there, the situation was getting heated because one of the, the, the QA technicians was not, you know, doing something right and she was defending herself and that set the QA lead off. And so she's like, you know, coming to me kind of upset, raising her voice, and I just kind of touched her arm like, hey, everything's going to be fine, you know, it's not a problem, you know, and I remember, and she said, hey, you know, don't touch me, you know, I don't like it when people touch me, don't touch me, you know, and I remember at first, I like, was like, holy shit, I'm so, fuck, I fuck, like, really, like, I was hurt, you know, from it, Yeah. you know, just being my type of person, I don't want to offend anyone, you know, I'm looking for everyone to be, you know, get along and just, yeah. You know, have a good time, you know? So I remember feeling that, that, I don't know, just, just feeling that, that pain that I had offended someone and, you know, we would go on to continue, you know, I'd worked there for, you know, a few more years and I remember her, you know, later talking to me saying that, Hey, I just wanted you to know, you know, I never, I was I wasn't offended that you touched me, you know. Just so you know, I'm just seriously, I, I'm like that. Like I just don't like to be touched, you know. And I've never liked to be touched. And you know, my husband even thinks it's weird. You know, I have a hard time with him hugging me. You know, let alone you know letting a person, you know, that I do know even touch my arm. I just like I said, always been that way. And at that point, I realized that people are like that. I can accept that there's people that don't want to be touched as much as I like just hugging people or getting to that point where it's like, hey, man, what's up? You know, when I was, uh, you know, growing up, growing up in the Pentecostal church, they had what was called the atomic A-frame hug, you know, that Pentecostal (laughs) children give to each other. Yeah, we learned it in teen. And once you go from the regular, like, junior, you know, the little kids, you know, 
uh, Bible Bible school to the the team Bible school oh. hangout, right? Okay. You know, the atomic A frame is where you know you have to maintain that one foot difference, you know, apart from the pelvis, and you just tip in like oh, really? bridges, oh. and you can do arm over. It's very similar to like how the one that I gave Beth when I came in. I give it okay. to all women. It's really? like my sisterhood. Yes, okay. it's just you know you're. Your, your bodies, your pelvises are about a foot apart, okay. at least, you know, okay. we've used it with the ruler many times to know, and then you just go, <laughs> if you go the one arm over, you oh, know, okay. London Bridge is over, and, you know, one arm, and over like that, you know? I didn't know that. Yeah, the atomic A-frame, yeah. <laughs> and then on Fire by Night. That's hilarious. Fire by Night, What's yeah. That? Fire by Night was the, uh, I, I would almost call it non-denominational, but I remember our youth group. Um, used to always watch Fire by Night. It was like a Christian uh, youth group uh, video service. It was very much like Saturday Night Live, but the skits were Christian oriented. Okay. I think know? I sort of remember something like that. I mean, oh, Fire really? by Night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fire by Night sounds familiar. Yeah, they had, so I think yeah. we probably watched something like that too. Sure. Yeah, okay. Blaine Bartell. Uh, yeah, they had, uh, and then Curtis. I think Curtis Eastman uh, ended up switching to that, but. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I remember, uh, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> the Atomic A-Frame. Okay, yep. I didn't that know on. that. That's cool. Yeah, Fire by Night. Right on. <clears throat> yep, so at that point, yeah, I kind of accepted it. So, so That's cool. And so, okay, so you're kind of a big guy. What do you weigh, like two? I probably, I, I'm between 210 and 220. 210 and 220. Yeah, so right you're now, a big I'm probably guy. about 220. Yeah, but uh, maybe about the 215, 218. But I call you Brother John, and I always have oh, because yeah. you're just a big, like, teddy bear, right? Oh, yeah. Give every, yeah, like, give everybody a hug. And, and yeah. I, I see that you're like that with everybody. You're not yeah. just like that with me. And so, yeah, yeah, Brother John's like this big, cuddly teddy bear guy. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, he's crazy. But, He's like the he's like the peaceful warrior, yeah. you know. He's like hey. the most peaceful guy, but he's got the ability to, to just take you apart if he wants to. Oh, but yeah, yeah. man. So. so just as a disclaimer out there, you know, as teddy bear, it's not you know I'm not gay in any way. You know, <laughs> no, that's I not what I meant. Say, you know, no, I know, but I'm just putting it out there for everyone else. I mean, I don't know about you know all your your huge fan base that you have at. Oh, right? it's just huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, but hey, I support it. I'm not saying I don't support it. I support it. Just you know, not me. You know, I don't mind wearing rainbow t-shirts to support it just yeah like i said i support it but it's not me isn't that yeah, funny you can't even say te- big teddy bear anymore without people just yeah people's eyebrows are raised and they're like ah oh, just he's just, gay no all right so, yeah just want to put that out there support it 100 percent support it yeah i didn't even think about that yeah no worries yeah no worries man no don't worry like people in the past have, have, have said that and um true. yeah other people have raised their you know raised their eyes raised their eyebrows you know, at me, and uh, yeah, good to clarify. This is my heterosexual buddy, brother John. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, yes, absolutely, and I. My my pronouns are he, him, you know, and uh, yeah, right on. So yeah, man, getting back to it. So yeah, we we you know, so we did all these tournaments. We got into these MMA fights for a while, yeah. and and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're just training pretty much all the time, trying to push each other to the next levels. And yeah. and so then, like, I don't know exactly what the next step was, but I think it was when I t- took off to climb the 14ers, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you just, yeah, it was like you got to a point where you were just, you wanted to continue to, to push the button in that area of running. You know, you had gotten into the community, 
you had taken a drink and you wanted to just immerse yourself in it, just like everything. You know, you were like, okay, this is something that I see I can get some miles on, you know, no pun intended, but, you know, on this path in life where I could really, it takes a bit and wow, how far can I push this button? How far can I go? You know, and, you know, next thing I know, you know, you're, you know, you're working at HuffCore this whole time. Yeah. Like, and HuffCore was just a different type of place. Oh, yeah. You it was know? a second shift welding job and a union shop, and it was just this crazy job I worked at for years. And, yeah. and uh, I got it in my head that I wanted to quit working at this place called HuffCore, and I wanted to, to do something else with my life, but I wasn't super sure what. I, you know, there, that, that was the early stages of do big things. I was like, I want to go out and do big things. I want to go out and do big things with my life to a point where eventually I can inspire other people to do big things. Like I knew that that was sort of the mission. I just didn't really know how to go about it or what I wanted to do. And so I started researching all these different things. And I, and I really thought hard about hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's what I w- thought I was going to do. But in what I knew, my plan was I was going to quit my job and in between jobs, whatever the next job was going to be, I was going to do this big adventure. And so I was looking into the Appalachian Trail. I was looking into the Pacific Crest Trail and come to find out if I wanted to hike something like that, it would take, you know, six to nine months probably. And I didn't know if I had that much time. And a long time ago, I had hiked a 14,000 foot mountain with a friend. And then I started thinking like, I wonder how many 14,000 foot peaks are out in Colorado. And, you know, I know nothing about climbing 14ers. I know nothing about mountaineering. I'm a white boy from Wisconsin. I don't know anything. But then, I, you know, I looked it up and I found out there's like, you know, 50 some odd. There's like 57 peaks in Colorado that are above 14,000 feet. And I thought, well, you know, what if I could break that down to like one a day? I wonder if I could do one a day and just go out and live in my truck. And I started researching it and I thought, well... I don't know if I can do it, but I can at least go out and try it. So, yeah, I just planned this crazy adventure where I was going to go out and climb all the peaks. And uh, I remember telling you about it. And, of course, you, you supported it and you thought it was awesome. And Yeah, I was, like, going crazy. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I, I was like, oh, wow. You're like, yeah, man, my, my house, I'm going to put it up for sale. I don't know if I'm going to sell it or not, but I got enough saved up now or I'm going to quit my job and... You know, they kind of think I'm crazy at this point. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I told them, you know, the, Adam worked with a bunch of rednecks, you know, and nothing against that, you know, yeah. community, yeah. you know, but it was just a lot different, you know. I mean, a lot of them had that groundhog life of, I'm going to go buy my 12-pack, I'm going to go sit home and watch whatever TV's on, I'm going to be up on all the, you know, whatever the, the, the chatter is on the, on the TV box, I'm going to know what that, I'm going to be up to date. I'm going to give each other shit all day at work, and then I'm going to go home and drink, and on the weekends, I'm going to go out to the bars and spend a little bit more of my money, you know, I'm going to, my goal is to have the vehicle and beer, and I'm fine with being, just pu- pushing the go button on the press, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to push the go button on me, I'm pushing the go button on the press, yeah. Every yeah. day after day, give me yeah. that paycheck, yep, yeah, I'm saving a little now, hey, check that out, I got a little retirement fund, yeah. you know, I'm just going to sit here and just continue doing the same old shit every yeah. single day, every day you know, yep. and they thought I was one of them, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, you know, I didn't let them think anything different, but, you know, then one day, I just stopped coming to work, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, they didn't know where I, you know, what I had done was I put in like, I had two weeks of vacation saved up. And so I put in for those two weeks vacation, didn't tell any of my coworkers I put in that time. And then 
you know, I took off out for Colorado and my plan was I was going to go out and hike all the peaks and then quit my job. And so when the end of my two week vacation was up, I remember calling human resource from the top of Yale, P- Yale Mountain, 14,000 <laughs> wow. feet up. Wow. I had phone reception. Wow. And for whatever day, for whatever reason that day, there was no, um, no wind on the top of this peak and I had phone reception. So I was actually able to make a phone call, which is kind of a rare thing on top of a 14,000 foot peak. And I remember calling human resource at my job and just saying, Hey, can I get, can I get like a leave of absence? And they're like, why? And I told them I'm out in Colorado and I'm climbing these peaks and I'm not done yet. I think I'm going to keep on climbing. And, And I remember them saying, well, well, based on what you're telling us, no, we can't give you a leave of absence. And I was like, oh, that's that's totally cool. I get it. Well, then I quit. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. I've been working at this place for 11 years. You know? They couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, but before I, I left for that trip, you supplied me with two huge garbage bags of kettle oh, chips. Because yeah, you worked right. at Kettle Potato right. Chip Factory. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So, I remember you bringing over these huge... Huge bags of no, chips. No, I gave you more than two. I think I gave you four. Oh, you yeah, gave me a ton. yeah, man, for a sure. Ton. I mean, you gave me so many potato chips. I yeah. was like, I don't know if I have room for all these. Yes. You know, I remember you had to edit. You had to edit your thing to <laughs> yeah. make sure you had enough. I know. Right? Yeah. So yeah, man. So I had all these amazing potato chips with me oh, from yeah. my trip, and I remember I'd like tr- like one time my truck got stuck, and a ranger had to jump me, and I ended up trading them for a bunch of bags of chips. Oh. And then one time I was out hiking this peak, and I, I bumped into these girls that were super lost, oh. like they had gotten way way off track and had been out hiking way longer than they expected. And they're like, "Can you get us back to our car?" And I'm like. Well, I know where my car is. You can go all the way back to my car, and then I can give you a ride back to your car. But, you know, that's going to be like another six hours. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one girl just started bawling <laughs> as soon as she heard that because they were in a bad way. Like, they had already been out for a good eight or more hours, and they were only planning on a couple-hour hike. Yeah. And she just started bawling. And I'm like, listen, I, t- I talked these girls up, you know. I was channeling my brother, John. I was like, come on, man. I know you guys can do it. We're going to get back to my car, and I have all these chips back in my car. You each, you each get your own bag of potato chips and you can just make it to my truck. Oh, yeah! <laughs> awesome. So I hiked these girls all the way back and then we, we I just remember them being so exhausted and just sitting down and eating their chips. They're like, these are the best things we've ever eaten, you know? <laughs> yeah. So those chips were such a blessing and yeah. I remember trading them for firewood for yeah. like, you know, and so, yeah, so you were sort of with me my whole trip, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then huh. I remember... You know, coming back from that trip, and then uh, so then we just jumped back into our normal routine yeah, yeah. of just like training in martial arts and training yeah. for running, and yeah, it was just just one more adventure in yeah. the midst of many adventures. Yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out, shout out to all my uh, kettle kettle uh, former kettle employees mm. and homies out at Kettle Foods out in Beloit, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Oh, yeah. Great being the leader production back then. You know, the hippies had just sold it. And they would have so much, anything that was wrong with the label or anything, they would just allow employees to take home. So, like, a lot of the stuff that you had would be, like, a little bit too much seasoning outside of the quality check, you know. Or it would be, like, wrong on the bag. Remember, you'd have, like, a half bag where it, like, would say kettle up top and half of the word was cut off. But, yeah, 
because they would allow garbage bags of like chips. I would just fill it up, and I remember in Christmas time, I'd give them out to everybody. Yeah, that was before. Now they got owned by Blue Diamond, and I heard they they're not allowed to do any of that stuff. But back then, oh my goodness, this was wide open. And yeah, I remember just stocking up. You're allowed to take like one bag a week or something. They didn't really monitor it that much, and at one point, you could take as much as you wanted. Um, but then they started de- decreasing the amount. And yeah, I remember, like, you tell me you were going up. and then grabbing an extra bag. Yeah. <laughs> just keep grabbing them. Well, it's funny because when I, I drove, drove from Wisconsin up to Colorado, and when I drove up in altitude, like, at least, two, at least a third of the bags blew up. Oh, Once yeah. I got up to altitude, the oh, bags yeah. like blew up and popped. Right. And so like I have all these popped bags too. Right. It's not right. like the chips went bad or anything. Right, I still right, ate right, them all. Right. But yeah. I have all these bags of chips. Like half of them are popped open. They're all in these big uh, garbage bags. And man, I was just like living on kettle chips. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. There was so many flavors too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Those honey bees, man. Oh, Those yeah. are still my favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Still. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. So, <clears throat> yeah, we so we go. Yeah, you just took it to the next level. I remember, like, then after the so after that, I remember you after the dances with dirt after the fight. Then you were doing that first hundred mile, and I no, had no, it, first first fifty mile. Oh, the first, first yeah, the first fifty mile, right? North Face fifty. That's right. And yeah. and I I remember you calling and saying, "Yep, I'm going to do my first fifty mile." And I was just like, "Wow, you had toned it back, you know, after your fight, you just toned it way back, you know, with the MMA, and you just jumped into you know running." Yeah, I knew I knew my I was really getting into the running, and I knew that a marathon wasn't as far as you could go. And I was researching uh-huh. these guys online. I was like, oh, "Man, yeah. guys are going way further." Yeah, like, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So yeah. you gave me that running book. You borrowed me that running book from Dan. Um, who's the ultra, the marathon ultra oh, marathon Dean Carnazes? Dean, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that, yeah. that book. You met we met yeah. him at, yes. at the North Face. Yep, we yeah. got the picture with him. Yep, yeah, got a picture oh, yeah. with him. Yeah, that was our hero back then. Uh, was, yeah, he because was again yeah. back then with ultra running, it was like our like jujitsu was to us. There yeah. wasn't much information right. out there. And Dean Carnazes had written this book called Ultra Marathon Man, and that was the Bible there for a while. Right. That was oh, the yeah. only information we had. And yeah. yeah, so I decided I wanted to run my first fifty, and you were gonna, you came out to pace me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had, you know, neither of us had any idea what to expect. Didn't know if the wheels were gonna come off, yeah. but we were just pumped up and just ready to do this thing. And you were ready to help me. And yeah. so I, I was able to. I don't remember what mile I picked you up at, but you uh, ran pretty far with me that yeah. day. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you ran double digits at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ran a long time. Yeah. And then yeah, I think you, it was after thirty mile, thirty two miles. That's when they allowed really? the pacer to come in. So okay. Ran, yeah. Oh, so you ran around almost twenty miles. With yeah. Me. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. And we were so. together until the last probably four miles, and then you just were like. I think I'm going to take off, man. I think I'm going to go. And I'm just like, go, man. You know, and you just took off. And it, you know, uh, yeah. I just wanted to finish. Yeah. I just wanted to sit down. Yeah. And me, I was just facing you. And really, you led me the whole time, you know. You were leading me. I was just there talking you up, loving yeah. the pain, you know, yeah. loving the situation, you know, embracing that surrender. Embra- you know? Yeah, embrace the suck. Yeah, just embracing it with you, you know. 
And then I remember the farther the farther you got away, the slower I slowed down. You're like, oh, thank God he's gone. Oh yeah, people were passing me. They're like, you're doing good, man. I'm like, I'm the pacer. My dude's up there. You know, I had the pacer tag on me and shit. That was great. Classic. Was the people at the finish line like, where's John? Oh yes, and I crossed the finish line. Yeah, I had some some of my family was there, and they're like, I thought John was gonna come and pace you, and I'm like. I think he's a couple miles back. He, he's still coming. <laughs> no, by the time I got there, you and Orient, like your your second beer. Oh you yeah, know, I was good. on my second plate of food. Yeah. I was like, here, John, get some food, man. <laughs> People clapped it as I came in, and I'm just a pacer. You know? <laughs> yeah, my guy. They're like, where's your guy? I'm like, oh yeah, there he is. So <laughs> uh, my guy was back there. Yeah. yeah. But that's that. I mean, I needed you, man. I don't think yeah. I could have done it without you because oh, man, you know it's it just like you know it's it the first time running fifty miles, and yeah. of course it's like the biggest epic adventure of your life at the time. Yeah. You know, and I, I needed I needed some support, and yeah, yeah. we got through it. So yeah. couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. But that's a cool thing, man. So so John's not exactly a runner. I mean, you ran your first half marathon with me, which yep. was fantastic. Yeah. But for whatever reason. Brother John's been with me for my first half marathon, my first, uh, and then a trail marathon after that, and then you were with me for my first 50 miler, and you were with me for my first 100 miler too, which is just, like, it wasn't planned that way, it's just kind of how it happened, and it's so cool that it happened that way, you know? So, was that, I guess that was the next thing, was my first 100 miler. And, I, you know, I was like, if you want to come and help support, it would be awesome if you did, you know. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, John's got kids and he's got another life. And so we didn't know if it was going to work out. And then, like, the night before the race, I remember you called me up and you're like, yeah, brother, I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. I'm like, you're going to come? And he's oh, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm like, awesome, dude. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I already had a couple people on my crew yeah. with oh, yeah. me at yeah. that point. Yeah. Maggie and Tanya. Maggie yeah. and Tanya yeah. and yeah. Jessica and oh, Marty. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, then yeah. I was like, yeah, my other buddy brother John's gonna show up, and everyone's like, who's brother John? Yeah. No one had really met you. I'm like, don't, don't worry, you guys are all gonna get along. Don't worry, yeah. don't worry. He's fun. cool. Oh yeah, and then so I, yeah, I remember like, um, I feel like I was like introducing you to Marty at like when I was at like mile thirteen or yeah. like one of the first aid stations. I'm like, <laughs> brother John, meet Marty. All right, I'm gonna keep running. And I just took right, off. Right. And, like you guys are end up working yep. together for the next twenty hours. Yep. Good luck. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yep. But it worked out. Yeah, you know, everyone was good friends and stuff. Oh, yeah. and, it was oh, amazing. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Like how awesome that was to crew. You know, with such a good group. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Of people that were just a hundred percent supportive and ready to to, to serve, you yeah. know, yeah. to to that person who's surrendering, you know, to mm-hmm. that suffering, you know, surrendering to that suffering, you know. I know that I've done I've done a couple of the the sweat lodges, you oh. know, uh, with the Native American. I've had I had an opportunity to do a sweat lodge and do. You know, warrior sessions with you know a bunch of Native Americans, and they just heat those rocks up and they put them in those skin tents, you know, and it's dark in there and everyone's chanting, you know, and you're 
you're doing it for your family, you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your future, you're doing it for your, your loved ones, um, you're doing it for your friends, you're doing it for the hunt and your success, you know, and you suffer. And they talk about that when you suffer together, you know, in Native American, you know, uh, cultures, you know, how much that brings a tribe together, you know, when people are able to suffer together. And that moment when you're finally done, you know, you are just roasted and, you know, they have different things, you know, but they have different things to, you know, help you withstand some of it, you know, like chewing on barks, you know, sage, you know, or, or sniffing sage and chewing on different barks, not chewing on sage, chewing on different barks, you know, to keep moisture in your mouth and, you know, putting, cupping sage in your hand and breathing into it, you know, so that you can, you know, to give your lungs relief from all the heat that's in there, you know, while everyone's chanting, you know, and then opening the, the door in between sessions and having the one ladle with the big thing of water come in and everyone drinking one ladle, the same one, and you don't even care that you're sharing this ladle with like 30 other dudes. No coronavirus. You know, you don't care. Exactly. <laughs> the coronavirus ain't, th- you're not worried about any type of virus. You know, you're just happy to have that water. water you don't yeah. care if the guy's spitting in it. You, know? you don't care what order you're in. Yeah. You don't care about anything. You don't think about that. You're just like, what? There's water? Oh, I can't wait till that gets to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, okay. All right, that's how you do it. All right, every single drop. Okay, that, you could, yeah, full one. Okay, awesome. All right, don't don't <laughs> spill it. Wow, yeah, don't <laughs> spill it. Yeah, and 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 that feeling when you get through all of it, and you get to go outside, and it's the middle of the day. You know, I did this in the summertime. You know, so it's hot anyways. You know, it's a ninety degree day. You know, ninety to ninety five degree day, and I remember you know getting outside and just laying in the grass and being so thankful to be alive after suffering so thankful to get like appreciating life in a whole new way how long were you in there um i don't even know you know hours or like one hour or all night or no no definitely definitely i think the sessions i want to say were 40 minute sessions you know but even though when they would open that door it would release an extreme amount of heat so you can definitely tolerate it a lot more but 40 minutes you felt like it was getting very intolerable oh i'm sure you it's, know, a long, like, it's a long time like sitting in the sun and yeah. i'm sure this is hotter and the hard core you know natives were doing it without you know without the sage without the bark you know mm-hmm. that was my homie helping me out you know and meanwhile, you know, some of the, you know, and they had a special shaman that was there that was running the ceremony, you know, that was there as a special guest, the reason why they were doing this, you know, and it was one that they were allowed to bring friends, you know, to and not just family members. Um, so, and I remember in between the guy would speak in English and then in the native tongue, you know, what he was talking about. Is this about. in New Mexico? Um, yeah. 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 Okay. And, and um, so... There was, uh, so that that feeling of surrendering with a group of people, you know, mm-hmm. not only did that, you know, build your, you know, feel that great rush of being alive, but suffering with others, you know, and how that was a big part of their culture for those men and almost like a rite of passage, mm-hmm. you know, for, for their children, you know, as boys became men, that was a big thing. How, how many sessions could they do? You know, we did the warrior round, which I think... Um, was four sessions and each of those sessions represented different things um, but yeah wow. yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, they, that's, I've heard somewhere or another, that's how men bond is either through blood or through sweat. Right. You know, sure, like sure. times of war, right. guys will get really close to each other. You know each other on a super deep level. And that's how, how men form bonds. Right. And, you know, we have formed bonds through so much sweat over right. the years. Like right. we've suffered through so much, so much crap. But, right. you know, we kind of, we know each other in, in right. like a, that, that deep way that only guys you know, do through, through sweat or blood. So, right, right. yeah. No, I and I think, and I think now, you know, that's, you know, now a different society, you know, and it's great to see that, you know, there's so many women that now bond through this Absolutely. sport, you know, and I think sure. that was one thing that was like apparent in the transition that I think from going from a sport of MMA, which back then when we did it, there was no women in MMA at all. Yeah, they were only the 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 the, the girls, the the ring girls. That's right. the only women in MMA back then were the ring girls. And you know? we were thought of as like these barbarian, yeah. crazy. It wasn't a sport. Right. It was yeah. just this crazy barbarian sport. Oh yeah, I mean, there was a couple of <laughs> fight, MMA fights I had in bars where they just there was a dance floor that they put an octagon there. You know, and I was one of the amateur fighters. You know, and they had one one pro fighter that was a local favorite that would always do one big match wow. and then I would be one of the undercard amateur ones you know I mean did a lot of different little fights like that you know yeah. those mad town throwdowns I think I did like two oh, or three yeah. of them back then yeah. yeah that's right yeah. yeah but anyways yeah yeah that being able to push that button to say go you know is I think is a big thing but you know suffering being able to mix that with suffering with other people mm-hmm. is just an amazing sweet spot you know and I think mm-hmm. that was one big thing that I think was in you know very indicative of our relationship was our positivity you know and how we were able to feed off that and it was contagious to people around us mm-hmm. you know like it was something where you know I think in a way I know we were talking the other day about how it's almost like we were saying to, to other people to encourage ourselves to be like, right. yep, you're killing yeah. it, man. You're doing awesome. You know, we took this fight mentality where you would encourage your fighter in your corner to now running where running isn't a sport that's normally a team sport. You got people ringing bells and clapping and encouraging mm-hmm. and yes, passing each other, people encourage each other, mm-hmm. but bringing that fight encouragement that do or die. Yep. We're suffering together, brother. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. You're looking outstanding, like mm-hmm. making it a big deal and being there for that, that, that support, like that's taking it to the next level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I brought that all to the, to the, ultra marathon world over the last few years like you know i'm not always the most cheerful encouraging guy but i try to be and usually if i'm feeling really low and then i start cheering other people on whether they're it's a runner i'm passing or is passing me or we're going the opposite direction i'll be like yeah you're looking great fantastic job keep it up good work and you know they kind of get this little smile they're like thanks you too but then as you go opposite directions then i just feel my own energy rise a little bit like like i'm cheering myself on right and that kind of builds my own confidence right. and right. then i cheer the next person on it builds right. up a little bit more right. and the next thing i know i'm going a little bit faster right. so yeah that's yeah. that's 
So, yeah, no. and, and, and it's nice to see that you've come to that point because I remember that first hundred miler, <laughs> you weren't there. Oh, I'm sure. I remember. I, scared. I remember <laughs> it was like one in the morning and we were still crewing for you. And yeah, your crew was awesome. I mean, we all got along so good getting to know each other during that time. But it was all about, okay, here's Adam. We're, we're here for him. We're all dropping and taking care of whatever he needs. We're encouraging him. We're telling him his time. We're giving him whatever information he needs. We're switching his socks. We're, we're doing all that. We have everything prepped and ready to go. We're making sure he has the, the perfect goo packs that he wants, that we know he likes. We're making sure those are already packed and ready for him. You know, we're we're already filling his water bottle. There's no question. We're like the, the NASCAR team. It was. Of Adam, yeah. you know. Boom, boom. And then I remember, I remember you getting a little bit more spacey, you know, <laughs> As the night went on, but it was oh, like yeah. the one in the morning one, and we were just all getting along. It was take care of Adam, full, and then let's all just hang out and yeah. get to know each other. Drive to the next checkpoint, yeah, seven miles away. All right, this one's 14 miles away. All right, this one's five miles away. Now it's seven, you know. Yeah. And I remember we'd have these little jaunts, but as it got later and later, I remember you, you started getting that, you know thousand mile gauge you know <laughs> to the hundred the ten thousand mile gauge and that had turned to the hundred thousand mile gauge and i remember oh, you just man. sitting down and just staring right through me and being like yeah dude like you're still doing good you know you look you're definitely looking like you're gonna make that within 24 hours man because yeah. that was your goal you're like yeah, yeah. my goal 24 hours that's the goal yeah. and i remember you just looking right through me like I wasn't even talking to you. And at that point, your toenail, I think, had fallen off. Oh, and yeah. That, they were doing all the operations on that. You know, Maggie and Tanya, they're dealing yep. with the toenail. I was getting taped up. You yep. guys were changing my socks. Yep. You guys were doing oh, yeah. everything for I me. was in charge of the water bottle. Like yep. that's. I remember that was the first comment everyone liked about me was... I would say nothing. I would immediately grab your water bottle and refill it. All your packs, I would like grab both of them. Like you'd be just sitting there and I'd just automatically go, I was yep. a water boy. You yep. know, and they, everyone yep. loved that. They're like, man, John, did you, you and Adam even talk about that? And I remember being like, well, no, not really. I just, I knew it needed to be done. And I, I don't know that much about running, but I know he needs water. You yeah. know, fuck it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember I got all your water and they were hitting up that broken toenail. We're all taking it off. The little <laughs> skin that was holding it uh. back on. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I posted that on my Facebook. So many people were like, "Dude, you're not supposed to post that." And it was one of the pictures that would show up right away out of that album. You know, one of the sample pictures yeah, of the album. Yeah. It would be one of them. Uh, so many people that I had to change it. It was grossing people I out bet. too much. It was crazy. It was gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah. But I remember you just having that thousand mile gaze, and I remember there was that one college freak of nature who. I don't think he was even in college. I think he was like a junior in high school. He had white, blonde, long hair, I'm pretty sure. Dreadlocks. Dreadlocks, yeah. Dude. And he was that amazing runner. I feel like he was a junior in high school, and he was just born to run, without a doubt. And I remember he was going into shock at that same station. Because he had ran on life. And he was like that champion kid that had Uh. run marathons since he was like 12 or 13. He was a legend. And he had been there before you because he got there way early. I remember he was kicking ass the whole race, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to get another first because he would do crazy shit. And didn't you say something like he didn't even race cross country or they wouldn't let him oh, because dude. this is the craziest. I can't. This is the craziest thing is that you don't know this story. For anybody listening that knew this kid, we're talking about a kid named Logan Pulthus. And so, long. I'll give you the, the quick version of the story. 
I, and I don't even I don't even think you know any of this. It's it's crazy, and it 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 ah, it's just so. Anyways, <clears throat> I got to know Logan through uh, a series of races in Wisconsin. He was a cool kid, this young kid with dreadlocks that was out running all these races, you know, with with everyone who's way older than him. He was just a young kid. He was like 17 running these races. And then eventually uh, he came up here to Colorado and then he ended up being my roommate for like two years. Whoa. Yeah. And so he lived with me for like two years and and I sort of mentored him through a bunch of, we were training for Nolans oh, wow. and yeah, we did a bunch. Yeah. No, I know. Wow. And so Amazing. we did a bunch of ultras together. No way. But then listen, dude, this, wow. this, I mean, um, so Logan died about a year and a half Whoa. ago in a skydiving oh. accident. Oh no. Yeah, dude. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. no, that no, I know it does suck, that but person. yeah, for sure. He's a great, great guy. Like, yeah. I have nothing bad to say about that guy. Wow. He was just one of those kids. It was oh, just, wow. he was, he yeah. just had that great attitude. Yeah. Super, super cool kid. Yeah. It's crazy that you don't even, yeah. Yeah, you didn't even know the end of that story. Oh, it's I like, didn't even know. You're yeah. a roommate. Roo- Dang, oh, that's dude. awesome. Dude, he was the, we thought he was such a cool kid. He was, yeah, such a cool and kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time together wow. in the mountains, doing a, a lot timeline. of runs. Oh, what a timeline to share! Oh, dude, wow, that's yes. awesome. I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Life's path, man. Sometimes it's crazy. It's crazy. So then yeah. you had talked about him, but you had never met him except for seeing him at a couple races. I remember you talking about him because yeah. yeah, he was he stuck out, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I was like, what's up with yeah. this dude? And yeah, he was just he looked great. He ran great. He was always in the front of the pack and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like other people would look way worse. And you'd be like, yeah, no problem, man. It's just totally cool, totally real positive attitude. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at that same station where you lost the toenail, he was actually like in shock because it was so cold. And I think his clothes has gotten, his shirt had gotten really wet. He was and, like in a cot. Yeah. All bundled up. All bundled up. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I was worried. I was like, oh man, this shit's going to go crazy. And, but um, he ended up finishing. Yeah, it was crazy because like we were starting to do shifts of sleeping, where you know one person would go to sleep, and I remember going to sleep. It was my shift to sleep for like two hours, I think it was, or something. And like I think I went to bed thinking, is he going to get ER'd out? You know, because he was just shivering, and he wouldn't talk to people. People were worried about it. Responses. A doctor was yep. with him. A nurse yep. was with him, checking his pupils. Like constantly, you know, and I remember being right next to it and, you know, saying a little prayer for him in my mind, you know, and thinking, damn, this shit's the real shit, fuck, you know, and it was, it was cold and yeah, like I said, looking at your eyes and I'm, and then I'm like. I didn't think he was going to finish. Yeah. I remember coming into that aid station and seeing him on that cot and I barely knew him at the time. I was just like, well, hang in there, dude, good luck. And I thought, well, that's probably it for him. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And then uh, later on, like I went home and checked the, the, the finishers, you know, like the next morning, the next day, and I was like, holy shit, that Logan kid finished. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. I can't believe he right. came back from that. Yeah. 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 It was unreal. Yeah. And I don't yeah. remember what he finished, but I remember whenever it was when I had woken up, I never saw him again at any of the stations. Okay. So I don't know if he either stayed way late yeah. and you already finished. I and was. He was just a little behind. He was. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Then, yeah, because I never saw him again in the no entire way. time, I really didn't know 
if anyone else knew, yeah. you know, because the story was always that he hadn't finished. So, yeah, I didn't even know until uh, we checked later. Wow. But, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, he finished, and that left yeah. an impression on me, and then I befriended him. And That's so crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. Wow. We spent a lot of time together in the mountains. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, he was Amazing. my roommate for a long time. And yeah, tragically, he, he died in a skydiving accident. Wow. Uh, he got really into skydiving the last year of his life. Like, like, like <laughs> extremely into skydiving. I mean, he'd done like 300 jumps in a year. Oh my God. Yeah. Dang. And then, uh, you know, through this crazy set of circumstances, uh, you know, shoot didn't open, backup shoot didn't open in time. And uh, yeah, he just passed away. But, you know, like he's one of those kids that, you know, it's like I literally have nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he was he was one of my best buds for a long time. And, uh, you know, it was a seminal point in my life. And I'll always remember that kid. And he was a great guy. But, yeah. 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 Wow. But crazy how it all works out, huh? Yeah, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It was, yeah. yeah, it's great, man. It's a great story. Gosh, dude. So, yeah, we've been through a lot of crap. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to get your story out there. So, like, I mean, tell us what you're up to now or give any shout outs, your girl, or whatever you want to do, man. I mean, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, got a beautiful fiance. Fiance, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, getting married. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Someday, yeah. 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 Someday. That's Not awesome. in a rush. I'm no. all about the, the long engagement. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm all about it. But, yeah, life is good. It's got, got, my three boys, John, Will, and Silas. Yep. Um, yeah, John Humble, Will Hero, and Silas Honor. Yeah. <laughs> they're all different. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's Sounds awesome. like they're all getting big. Yep. Bigger than the last time I saw them. Oh, yeah. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, Will's, Will's a giant. He's like always between a half inch and an inch shorter than John, who's two years older. Yeah. You know, John's 13 and... Yeah, Will's 11, and yeah, he's he's a giant, but, you know, he's not, he's he's all about the acting, he's, you know, me and him used to do some hip-hop dancing um, at UWSP back in the day. Um, you did hip-hop dancing? A little bit, yeah, uh, a little I'd bit. I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit, oh yeah. That's you know. awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, going back to school, the university uh, gave me a lot of different opportunities, and uh yeah, shout out to the UWSB dance program. Um, but anyways, yeah. So now I'm just working for Marathon County as the environmental health and safety um, regulatory compliance specialist. I handle a lot of the annual reporting. I'm in charge of all the safety. So, you know, I do a lot of the safety plans. Um, I'm in charge of the continuity of operations. So all the stuff about you know, what to do in case there's a pandemic, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. what to do so we can run, you know, safe, make sure we safe, protect our customers and our employees. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited Fun to stuff. see, you know, our friendship has been, has been cool and it's been a cool story, but I'm excited to see where the future years will take us because, you know, when we met, we never thought we'd end up here right. in Boulder oh, yeah. in some crazy garage recording right. a podcast right. about all these past stories. Right. So imagine yeah. another 15 years where, where things will end up, you know, I mean, you yeah. just, you never really know, but yeah. I don't know, man. It was, it was, Hey I, man, this is a studio. Uh, this isn't the garage. No, this I know. Yeah, it's the dojo. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the art studio. It's oh, yeah. uh yeah, man. Beautiful. But John, brother John, has always sort of represented the do big things attitude, and um, you know, at, at Big Things Crewing, that's sort of our motto is do big things, and in all that 
was sort of planted in my head. That seed was sort of planted like when John and I were doing all that crazy training, like back in the day. And, and his good attitude inspired me to have a good attitude and inspired me to, to go on and do big things. So, and yeah, vice man. versa. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it's always been back and forth. Mm-hmm. We've always mirrored each other. Yeah. You know? I mean, if there's an example you know, of iron sharpens iron. I think this story is perfectly, yeah. You know, I mean, we could not see each other for decades and get back together and it's like old times. Uh, Yeah, yeah. we don't see each other sometimes for a year or two in between and we just pick right back up where we left off and and that's what I love about this relationship. yeah. Yeah, and the stories will continue. Maybe we'll do another podcast in a few years and we'll have another dozen stories for people. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, man, so... Always, uh, yeah, appreciated you in my life, and um, you know, here's to many more. Yeah, yeah, yeah ditto. So, yeah, yeah, the same, man. Cool, yeah, man. For sure, it's nice to. Yeah, it's awesome to have embraced the suffering, you mm-hmm. know, and embrace it, embrace the pain, press mm-hmm. go regardless, and mm-hmm. have that that other person. It, it really does. It makes a difference, you know. Um, and when you told me that this is what you know your business is all about is being that crew for you know there might be someone out there that is down to do it you know it's like different than so much different than you know an instructor at a fitness center I mean it's very similar with the encouragement you know and the instruction Mm -hmm. but the way you've explained it did so much more it's almost like for a moment it's like being a life coach okay because you're going through some major suffering. You're going through your body saying, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Seriously? <laughs> You're still going? What about this? What about that? You know, there's all these hazards, you know, possible scenario, you know, especially, you know, I can only imagine for different, depending on the 100 miler, the 50 miler, no matter what, there's always that first time, that second time, you know, or just knowing that, you know, you can focus at the main task at hand. You know, I think that's a big part of it. You know, having having dedicated, you know, people that you don't have to worry about that have that experience, you know, mm-hmm. to grab it, to grab that water bottle, you yeah. know, and at the same time, you know, look them look in the eye through mm-hmm. that, through that thousand, ten thousand, hundred mile, hundred thousand mile gates, mm-hmm. you know, right through and Figure out what they need, you know? you know, right, right. And continue to encourage and tell them, remember, you love this. You got it within mm-hmm. 24, man. You're mm-hmm. looking good. This mm-hmm. is where it is. You know, being that anchor, you know, not, you know, being that anchor, you know, having that crew to remove the toenails so that there's people working on that at the same time, multitasking, you know, that's what it's all about. Taking yeah. care of everything all together. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their role, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's beautiful to be able to offer that to a culture, you know, with your background, with the background that we've had and what we've gone through. I think it's just, it's just such a perfect fit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for that person. That's you know? cool. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, I, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I've done enough races and I've done enough training and done enough things in my life. I've done enough big things, so to speak, where I want to start helping other people do their big things. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Well, yeah, you've done man. this now for a decade. Yeah, yeah. Been Ten running years. ultras for a decade. Yeah, yeah. I mean so. that's and that's what they say. You know that uh, you know it's been it's been shown that every great person becomes a professional after doing something for ten years. Mm. You know, Michael mm. Jordan from the time he finally got onto his basketball team to the time he you know became MVP was ten years. Oh, you know, okay. like they say Wayne Gretzky, ten years. You oh. know, every, all the greats from all time. Mm-hmm. It's ten years of that. You know, proficient in, in tweaking it and that passion to want to, mm-hmm. you know, not pressing the button on the pill on the on the press on the metal press, pushing the button to go in your life and yeah. saying, do this now, do it better. All right, check this out. Take this. Yeah. What is this experience and that experience in mm-hmm. ten years? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of experience mm-hmm. in different climates, different center situations, trail runs. You know, all you know. I don't know. As much of the conditions, but you know, what are some of those those big ones? Oh, dude! I mean, some of the mountain races we've done have been insane with these huge, huge climbs in the middle of the race, or multiple climbs, or like just going up scree fields, or up and down avalanche shoots, out on you know different FKT attempts, or you know just different adventures we we've we've planned. But yeah, I mean, all kinds of hardships out there, but. The thing, the thing is, is you and I are like trying to apply, we're trying to not just do these big things, but we're trying to apply those to life. Like how can we take these experiences that we've done and apply this sort of knowledge and confidence to the rest of our lives? Like how can we jump from this timeline to a different timeline to get to that place that we want to be, to get to the next finish line in life, you know? And, um... I think a big part of it is is definitely consciousness. Yeah. You know, so knowing that you need to be there and do this feat Mm -hmm. is what's, you know, part one. You know, maybe someone's had a little bit of the experience, but knows, they know deep down inside that they don't care what it takes, they want to do it, you Mm -hmm. know. And then number two, which I think is just as important and I think this is what really hurts people sometimes when they don't have this and that is the resource of a second person I mean there's great stories out there of the deans who don't need were just they jumped into it and they're just natural you know and passion you know I mean it talks about all the greats in the world um, with like I remember way back in the day I had an art teacher who showed me or who told me and I was horrible at art Know, and the shout out to Joan Peterson, North Crawford, you know, back in the day. But I remember uh, one of the lessons that she talked about is how, you know, people, there's two types of artists, the one that either they're, you know, they're good naturally at art or number two, they really love art and they want to get good. So they practice and practice until they get it down. Mm-hmm. And the greats are people that have both. And it's that throughout, you know, all these different areas of human history from every sport to everything, you know, and I think you know, having that type of a support group, you know, which I think you have, you're a perfect example of that, Adam, where you have this natural ability to run as well as the passion for it, to push yourself and where you've been able to take this experience in your growth and your path of being this, this version, you know, of yourself, so to speak, pushing yourself there. I think that that's, that's a huge part that you're able to be that part of that crew to be that person that gets to encourage you you know it's like that person gets to have that choice to actually have you know do big things 
true for them. Where they have people that not only have been there, people that are passionate about it and natural about it, you know, that are going to be there to not only fill your water bottle and take off the toenail, but on top of it, be there to be coaching you through your goals, you know, and having multiple goals and pushing through whatever it is, you know, and having those different resources leading up to it. You know, and, and having that, that group of per- people that have heart in it, that mm-hmm. are there for you yeah. 100% and give you that experience that you need, you know, to be that person that you that you want to be. The sure. part one of part two, mm-hmm. going back to part one, what you want to be in life, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, pushing that go, that go button, you know, mm-hmm. embracing that suffering. You know, what it takes to excel no matter what, you know, yeah, that's, that's where it's at for sure. And I mean, yeah, in life you have that opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we're not like those animals run by instinct, (laughs) you know, we're, we're blessed, whatever creator out there, Mm -hmm. we evolved to the point now, you know, the creator said it is good when it created all the the animals and all that and said, let me create something that Mother Nature doesn't control. You know, <laughs> let me create something without instinct. Something that's, that, you know, grows up and, you know, they say, you know, you take uh, like a six-month-old baby mm-hmm. can't survive, you know, it needs its mother. Mm-hmm. You can take a six-month-old like monkey, certain species of monkeys and they're fine at six months. They're climbing up and down trees. They're feeding their cells bananas. Like they can take care of themselves. You know, humans just have this blank slate. Not a lot of, in, you know, not a lot of uh, instinct. A whole lot of learn by example and make their own decide. You know, cause and effect. You know, learn the hard way. You know, and, and I think that that plays into all this. Yeah. You know, that outlook and that ability to you know, um, to just be there, you know, in that moment where you can suffer, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and really appreciate it and say, I can decide. I have my own power mm-hmm. to run for no reason at all, train for no reason at all, mentally decide that I'm going to press go and, and suffer, embrace mm-hmm. the suffering. You know, there's no animal out there that's just doing this to do it. You don't see deers just jogging for the heck of jogging, you know? They run away. They're Otherwise, smart. They're standing. They don't want to jog. They stood. They fucking, you know, they're looking around, you know? They don't care about that. They don't run unless they have to. They only care about, be, you know, eating and being ate. That's sure. what they care about. That's yeah. their biggest feelings, you know? Same with any animal out there. They're all instinct. They run fast because they can. You know, the cheetah runs fast. You don't see cheetahs out there jogging. They're they don't set crazy goals for themselves. No, they're for up no in the trees. whatsoever. Yeah, they're up in the trees <laughs> lounging, you know. Sure. That's yeah. what they want to do. They don't want to run shit. And then when they run, they fucking are made for it. They fucking just do it instinctually, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, a, we're, we're a race that the creator, you know, decided, oh, well, let's evolve this a little more. Let's, let's let them decide what they want to do decide what they want yeah. You know? yeah. And, and that's fine you know but yeah what can you do with this you know this this hunk of earthly flesh that we're allowed to stand at the controls and just do what we want you know with you know I know this this one uh, one of our guys at work one of our interns you know shout out to Kyle gotta love Kyle but uh, you know he's he's he loves he loves checking fluids and vehicles. You know he's known for that. You know, he's his college intern, and he's although he's a business intern, 
he loves shop stuff. That's where he feels, you know, most at home. I know he even annoys Chris, you know, our, our senior, you know, maintenance guy, you know, because he loves him so much and looks up to him so much. And Chris is from the old school, you know, he's like borderline, get off me, homo, you know, old school, you know, he's like, Chris is like 50, like 48, 40, or maybe 45, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, he said, you know, with our bodies, you know, think about it as a vehicle, you know, if, if, if you could only have one vehicle and you could pick whatever great vehicle you want, you know, and you were given the best truck, car, whatever, and then you were said, this was the only vehicle you get the rest of your life, but you get to pick it, whatever you want, but only one vehicle, wouldn't you just give it the best oil, you check that stuff, you give it the best gas, you would always do the maintenance on it, you know, you would love it, you would take care of it, it would be the best you want, whatever you want, Ferrari whatever, BMW, Range Rover, whatever, but no, no matter what, you would also want to do that, you know, and he said, we should look at ourselves like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. crazy that more people don't, you know, and when you hear these stories of, you know, running being something that, it never, it's something that anyone can get into anytime and always progress, you know, and always get better, you know, and you have, you know, older runners, you know, and they continue to still, you know, run these ultra marathons as well. It's just amazing to hear these stories, you know, and hearing people, you know, even now and then we hear runners who, 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 who can't move anymore. They push go buttons so much that their body breaks before their mind does, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and they, and they, they fall, you know, and they can't, their, their body gives up. You know, it's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. what, what you can do when you set your mind to having that 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 encouragement that friendship that experience you know that coach you know that person that can help you through this traumatic part of your life when your body's screaming at you what are you doing running all night it's the middle of the night there's critters out here what the fuck you know and just trying to stay positive and then coming into life and being like oh my gosh i gotta leave this place this place is great what are you doing what do you mean you know these people are telling you to go you don't want to go no more i want to be done like what the fuck are you doing dude you know and to have that group that's just louder than that voice in your head that can just calm that voice in your head that can encourage you know you as a person who's in charge of pushing that bottom that go button you know to push past that lizard brain that's telling you this sucks or not even the lizard brain that that neocortex you know that thinking brain that's like what are you doing dude i'm up here i'm i'm in charge of monitoring and you're in a lot of pain we got to go beyond that yeah yeah beyond the thinking yeah yeah yeah. control those thoughts yeah, yeah I think man. that's uh, what you've done always and you've just evolved yourself you know into this business that can contribute this value into others you know and that being where your passion is you know that you care that that's your number one you know mm-hmm. taking care of you know taking care of this person not as a customer but as a brother and sister sure you know? yeah doing the atomic a-frame atomic a-frame <laughs> atomic a-frame yeah. helping people do big things with yeah. the atomic a-frame yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome see that's how you that, that's how you bring it back up to full circle man that's how you sum up the yeah. podcast right there hell yeah cool that's what it's all about alright well love you brother thanks for hell doing yeah. this with me I'm glad we could record some of our crazy adventures and um 
Yeah, to many more. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah. All right, you feel good? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, guys, life is short. Do big things.